0: This morning we are going to continue our series on the church that we've entitled, Ekklesia. That's the Greek word for the church, ek-out-klesia, called, the called-out group. And this morning we're going to be talking about leadership in the church. The church in many ways in America is in crisis. A new study by LifeWay Research suggests that more Protestant churches closed in 2019 than opened, continuing a decades-long congregational slide that is only expected to accelerate because of the COVID virus. In the decade ending in 2020, somewhere between 4,000 and 8,000 churches closed per year in the United States. That's about 75 to 150 churches a week. And some are predicting that because of COVID, the fallout that we're going to see this year and next year is up to 40% of pastors are going to get out of the ministry and 40% of churches May close. Paul Tripp has written, I'm excited and optimistic about the local church, but I'm also concerned. Why? Because the local church is experiencing a leadership crisis. For every celebrity pastor who exits in the spotlight, hundreds of unknown pastors have fallen privately in the shadows or become spiritual shells of who they once were. Through hundreds of conversations, I have become convinced of this. Behind a pastor's failure is a weak and failed leadership community. We don't have just a pastoral crisis. We have a leadership crisis. Now, some of the problems come from the form that churches is using for leadership, that it is not biblical. Others is because we have men in positions of leadership in the church that are not godly men. Many of you know Steve Larson, one of our uh, missionaries who goes in and out of Myanmar ministering there to churches. His, his goal in going to Myanmar was to bring the churches there back to sound biblical doctrine. Through the years, they had strayed from the sound biblical doctrine and leadership so that the churches continued to meet. But what was happening there had nothing to do with what the scriptures say should take place in the church. And leadership looked nothing like what it is supposed to look like biblically. But that's not only true overseas, it's also true here at home. Steve is in Ames, Iowa, and he was sharing with me several years ago he was meeting with the leaders of a church, and as he was meeting with those leaders, they had asked him to come and talk to his leadership team and to talk about how the Scriptures say leadership is supposed to be structured in the church. And as he was teaching them, they're sitting around a table, there's about 13 of them in the room, and suddenly one of the men got very, very upset and looked at Steve and pounded the table and said this, I don't care what the Bible says. That's not the way our denomination does it. Well, you know, that's, I don't know what you say when that occurs. I know that that same statement has been made at another church that I'm aware of. They were facing a crisis, and one of their leaders said, I don't care what the Bible says. I don't like what the Bible says. This is how we do things here. Well, if that's the attitude... Why would we not expect for that church to run into trouble? I want to assure you, here at Maranatha Bible Church, our goal is to follow the Scriptures as closely as we can. And when the Bible is clear on something, we want to be clear on that as well. So with that as kind of the backdrop this morning, I want to talk about leadership leadership the way it's laid out in the New Testament, and leadership as we have it here at Maranatha Bible Church. So as we ask that question, the first thing that I would ask is, who are our leaders? Who are the leaders in the church? We are an elder-governed and an elder-ruled church. The 11 men that you see on the screen right there are our current elders. They are the decision-making body for Maranatha Bible Church. If you've been here very long, you've noticed we don't vote on a lot of things as a church. That's because we believe that the Scriptures lay out that leadership in the church is to be directed by the elders of the church. So you might ask, well, Butch, what's your role as a senior pastor as far as it relates to the elders in the church? As you can see, I'm one of the the elders, and I have a threefold function as the senior pastor or the lead pastor of the church. Number one, when it comes to vision and direction, the elders look to me to bring vision and direction to the church. When it comes to decision-making, so in in bringing vision and direction, I serve over the elders. They've asked me to bring vision and direction to them for Maranatha Bible Church. When it comes to the decision-making, I serve as one of the elders. I have one of 11 votes in that group. My vote is not any more important than anybody else's vote in that room. So in decision-making, I serve alongside the elders. When it comes to accountability, I serve underneath the elders. Everyone needs to be accountable to someone. As you read in the paper of some of these celebrity pastors who are falling, and you read stories of what's going on, and what is going on in their churches. If you look carefully, you will find one common denominator. And that common denominator is this. They're not accountable to anyone. They're accountable only to themselves, or in some cases right now, I've seen something happen over the last decade that surprises me, they're accountable to a group of men, but none of those men are in their church. I'm not sure how all that works, but the other thing I've discovered is the men that they're accountable to is they also are the elders for that individual in their churches and make decisions. So they have this little closed group of individuals, and then we wonder why we have such problems. Now, I have said often when I am teaching on leadership Any form of leadership in the church will work if you have godly people involved. Now, some of you have come from congregational-ruled churches. That government will work if everyone in the congregation is mature and spiritual. I have yet to find the church where you would say that over 50% of the people in the church are mature and spiritual, if that's the case, they're not doing a very good job of reaching out to others and bringing them to knowing Christ. Because in the church, a healthy church is going to have people at all stages of spiritual development. God has designed a way for his church to function. And it shouldn't surprise us when God's way works out best. But let me also say, as we launch into this, you can have this form of government, but if you have ungodly men who are the elders in the church, you're still gonna have problems in the church. So there must be a system of selecting individuals that are qualified and holding people accountable. So we're gonna look at that this morning. Who are the leaders? The first thing I want us to see is that the leaders are the elders, overseers, bishops, and pastors. If you have your Bible and it's still open to Acts chapter 20, and if not, I'll give you a moment to join me there. I want to point a few things out to you from this passage. Acts chapter 20. In verse 17, notice it says, now from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders. Do you see that? He called the elders of the church to come to him. All right, jump down to verse 28. He's speaking to this same group of men. We read the passage to you this morning. Verse 28, it says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Do you see that? The same group of individuals that are called elders are also called overseers. Now, the word overseers in the Greek is the word we get our word, English word, bishops. So overseers and bishops, that's the same word. Uh, We don't hear a whole lot about overseers uh, today, but maybe you've heard of people who are bishops. And so we see that the elders, the overseers, the bishops, and notice what it says, verse 28 Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church. Now, the words to care in the Greek are the words from which we get the term pastor. So the elders, which equal the overseers, which equal the bishops, equals pastors. So all four of those terms Paul uses here in Acts chapter 20, and all four of them refer to the exact same individuals, the elders, the overseers, the bishops, and the pastors. Now, we have some of our elders that are present here in our service this morning. We have 11 in the church. If you're one of our elders, would you stand up just for a moment? Okay, I see Rick Kalele and and John and uh, Brad Mooney who read the Scripture uh, for us. Now, I want to tell you, it is appropriate for you, you stay standing for just a moment. (laughs) (laughs) See if we can get you a little uncomfortable, (laughs) here. It is appropriate to refer to individuals who are in this office. We normally refer to them here as elders. But it is also appropriate to call them overseers. You can call them bishops. That's appropriate. You may say, really? For these guys? and pastors. You can sit down. So the real pastors of Maranatha Bible Church are the elders. They're the ones who are responsible to God for tending and caring for this body of believers. You say, well, you have other guys around here that you call pastors. Uh, you, you, You call them, you give them that title of pastors. Well, we use the term pastor in two ways around here. We use it biblically and we use it culturally. Uh, We decided we were fighting a losing battle to say to the church, quit calling our youth guys pastors. Quit calling other guys on staff as pastors. It's like spitting into the wind in this culture. And so we decided we're gonna use the term in two ways. And we're just gonna teach our congregation that the true pastors of Maranatha Bible Church are the elders. The other individuals that we have serving here, certainly we expect them to meet the qualifications of elders or to be growing into those qualifications for elders. And we would say they are elders in training. So just so you'll know, not everyone like uh, uh, Pastor Brian, Pastor Steve, Pastor Eric, we are using that term in a cultural way with them because in our current culture, almost everyone refers to guys who are on the staff of the church as pastors. Uh, You may wonder where these different words came from. The term elders is a Jewish word that they would understand from the Old Testament. Who elders were? They were the leaders, leaders of cities or, or leaders in the tribes of Israel. The word overseer or bishop is a Greek term. And so it comes into play as the Apostle Paul reaches out to Gentiles. That's where we see the word overseer or bishop coming from. And that particular uh, term, it would be appropriate today, for instance. Some of you might consider the word foreman or a steward. That would help describe the functions that these individuals are called to do. But these are the terms that the scriptures use. So who are our leaders? We have the elders, overseers, bishops, pastors, all the same group of individuals, just different terms used of them. And then we have the deacons. This is also laid out in the scriptures as a leadership title, deacons. Now, this first came to pass in Acts chapter 6. Even though the term deacon is not used there as an office, I believe this is where we see the first deacons being raised up. Acts 6, verses 1 to 7, says this. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. Right, there was a need for food in Jerusalem. And so there were widows that needed to be ministered to. Now a dispute comes up because the Hebrew widows, that would refer to those who were from Judea, that were from the Jerusalem area. And because they were from that area, what would they have there? Family members. Uh, they would have people that they've grown up with all their, their, their life. So it would be natural for people to minister to those who were close to them. And, you know, the Scriptures teach us that his family were to take care of one another. But those who were the Hellenists, that means they weren't from Judea, they weren't from the Jerusalem area, but they had moved into. Jerusalem, and they didn't have the same ties, they didn't have the same family members around them, so they were being neglected when needs were being met in the church. And the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. The apostle said, We can't give up teaching and preaching God's word. Remember, some of them are writing God's Word. We can't give that up in order to take care of these physical needs. And what they... Notice... But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose, they're going to choose seven men to meet those needs. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Please let me pause there. We'll talk about this more in a moment. But the qualifications for a deacon, the qualifications to serve and meet physical needs is a man who's full of the Spirit and full of wisdom. So it's not right we give this up to serve tables. And it says, and what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued... To multiply, to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. See, notice, as the church does what the church is supposed to do, taking care of the needs of the people, the priests notice hey, what's all of this that's going on? And many of the priests are coming to put faith in trust. In Christ, You know what, there's a lesson there for us. When the church acts like the church is supposed to act, it will have an impact on our community. It sure, certainly did in Jerusalem. So what are the functions for the elders? The function, oh, let me pause just for a second here. Here at Maranatha Bible Church, we currently have 40 men who are serving as deacons in this ministry. So if you are one of the deacons in our ministry, if you're in this service, would you stand to your feet just so people, there's too many of you for me to put your pictures up on the screen, but if you're one of the deacons in our church, would you stand up here so that people in the congregation can see the individuals who are helping us in this way? Guys, you can be seated. Thank you for the service that you do. And how do we tell if our deacons are being effective or not? It's a simple question. Are the needs in the body being met? If the needs in the body are being met, then our deacons are functioning well. Because that's their responsibility. So let's talk about things. What are the functions of the elders? Well, first of all, they are to lead the church. First Timothy 5:17 says this: "Let the elders who rule well." Their job is to rule. Titus 1:7, "For an overseer as God's steward." That word "steward" would be the term of a manager. That's their responsibilities to rule and manage. The church. Also, they are to teach and preach the word of God. Titus 1 9 says this He must hold firm to the trustworthy word. Uh, They must be trained well enough that they know what God's word teaches, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those. Who contradict it. So the elders are to teach and preach the Word of God, and along with that, they are to protect the church from false teaching. People are going to come along and try to bring false teaching into the church, and it's the role of the elders to protect that which we believe the Scriptures teach. Another function of the elders is they are to pray for the sick. James chapter 5, verse 14 says this. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Part of the responsibility of the elders is to be praying for you. And in special cases of great need, if you find yourself sick, and the word sick refers to physical sickness, it also can refer to emotional distress, it can refer to spiritual distress. You can call for the elders to pray over you and to anoint you with oil. You say, do you really do that here as a church? Absolutely, we do that as a church. And we've seen God answer first. We can't command God to do things, but we can certainly ask him and believe in faith that he will work. You know, ultimately, as true believers of physical sickness, we will all ultimately be healed, even if that's when we're in heaven with God. But God does heal people right now today. Not just in the future, He can heal people. And we need to pray in faith. And so you know, if the onus is upon the member of the church, to call the elders. That's why we don't say, okay, we're going to have an anointing service here. Anybody wants to be anointed, come on up, and we'll line the, the, the elders up with bottles of oil, and, and, and we will anoint you here in front of the whole congregation. Uh, that's not what the Word of God says. That's not how it's to be done. It's the sick call for the elders, and we arrange for the elders to pray with them and to anoint them with oil and pray over That's one of the functions of the elders. Another function is they're to judge doctrinal issues. Acts 15, 6. When there was an issue in the church, the apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. It came upon the elders... To be among those who were going to consider and come to a decision. And you can read in Acts chapter 15 about how that occurred. Now those are the functions of the elders. What are the functions of the deacons? The functions of the deacons, first of all, are to care for the body. Uh, We've already talked about that as we read Acts chapter 6. There were physical needs in the body the deacons were to take care of that. They appointed men to take care of that. Well, what else do the deacons do? They serve as an aid to the elders. The deacons can do, biblically, anything that the elders ask them to do or assign to them to do. It's interesting in the Scriptures that most of the time, well, let me say all of the time, When you see the office of deacon, and the word deacon means servant, and we're all to be servants, but there's also the office of deacon. When you see the office of deacon, you don't see any function that it's said they're doing other than what we saw in Acts chapter 6. But throughout the Scriptures, you see the deacons functioning and caring for the needs. Now, I'm going to have to go quickly here. I have about three minutes left. So we're going to talk about the qualifications of the elders and then the deacons. So tighten your seatbelt. In the Scriptures, we have two passages of Scripture that talk about the qualifications. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1, verses 5 and 9. All right, I'm going to read that for you, pointing out the qualifications. Obviously, I'm not going to spend much time explaining what it means. All right. This saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer or elder, bishop, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. In Titus, it says blameless. Those are the overarching qualifications. It means that nobody can bring a provable charge against them. Must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, that's not talking about necessarily his marital status. It's talking about the character that he's devoted to his wife. You can only have one wife and yet still not be devoted to her. This is a one-wife type man. Sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Doesn't have to, ha- have to have the gift of teaching, but he has to be able to teach. Not a drunkard, not violent, not gent- but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive, For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall in the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. Those are the qualifications for elders. What about deacons? Paul goes on to write. Deacons likewise, same qualifications for deacons as there are for elders. There's one difference there. It's not required of the deacons that they be able to teach. But other than that, the character qualifications are exactly the same. See, God's work, whatever kind it is, needs to be carried out by spiritually mature individuals. Now, what are our takeaways from this morning? I'm gonna give you three. Number one, you need Christ and His church. You know, you may be a member of this church, but not have Christ, and that is of no benefit to you. Christ is the one that saves you, Jesus is the only way. To heaven, Amen. you need Christ in your life, and as believers, we need the church. Many believers say, I don't need the church, it's full of a bunch of hypocrites. Okay, everything else they belong to is full of a bunch of hypocrites, too. None of us are perfect. But God's people should be striving to be like Jesus. And God's plan for believers is to be a part of the local church. So you need Christ, you need His church. The character qualifications that we saw are for all men, not just for a select group of men within the body, but for all men you're here and you're a man this morning and you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you should be striving to meet those biblical qualifications. It should not be hard in a local church for them to find men that meet the qualifications. That should be the norm as we mature in our walk with Christ. And then thirdly, everyone has a responsibility of being a servant. The word deacon means to serve. We are all in that sense, to be deacons, serving others. And as a church, when we look for men to put into the office of deacon, we're looking for guys who are already serving. We don't put someone in that office and hope, oh, we really pray, Lord, that now that he's in the office, he'll start helping people. (laughs) What? But that's what some churches do. We look for men who are serving. This is God's plan for government within the local church. God created the church. When we follow his plan, there are blessings that come. If we don't pay attention to his plan, we'll get in trouble. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the blessings that you have given to us. We thank you, Father, for your plan for us individually and corporately as a church. I pray, Father, that as a church that we will never stray from your plan. I pray that we will stay totally and completely committed to you till Jesus returns. For this we pray in his name. Amen.